folks welcome to completely fucking clueless my name is audrey jean flowers and i am sarah alice liddy welcome back folks welcome back to the pod of being clueless <laughs> i feel like i do, it's one of those days where i'm tired enough that in order for me to have a great personality i just need to be weird I'd say something I've realized about myself is I all the time I'm like I'm just in a weird quirky mood today or like I'm tired or I'm a little loopy and then I've started realizing like I say that essentially every day like this is just my personality I think at this point it's who I am so we're actually recording the pod on a Tuesday today which is weird weird we usually record on Fridays but that's okay we love change we're adapting to change <laughs> also it's literally been four days since we recorded the last episode I know so there's not too many updates oh but what, something I do want to talk about the Sephora sale we have both made more purchases. <laughs> Mom, don't listen to this. I know. Seriously, don't. <laughs> but when I got an email this morning from Sephora saying that the Rare Beauty highlighter was in stock, I was like, at the cart, at the cart, at the cart. I last night got an email from Sephora. That, despite the fact that Sarah literally told me that it's overrated. And I said, yeah, I can believe that you're right. I saw that the Dior lip oil was back in stock and I bought it immediately. As you should. I'm really excited. I purchased, yeah, I purchased the Rare Beauty highlighter. Oh, I got that Dermalogica pre-cleanser that you have. Yes, I recommended it in another episode, but we cut the part where I recommended it. So you guys don't know that, but I recommended this to Sarah. Yes, um, <laughs> and I got it to in the hopes of taking my makeup off before I go to sleep. I ordered makeup wipes. Oh, what y'all, this is called growth. Growth, baby. This Admittedly, is growth. Did uh, the night that we record, did I not remove my makeup? Me either. No. Literally, I woke up the next day and I was like, mm. I think I did, though. This is skipping ahead a little bit, but we got dinner on Saturday night. And I do think I washed my face after that. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, y'all. So, yeah, this weekend I celebrated my birthday at Tao Downtown, which I got to say was a little overrated. I had another birthday dinner at Tao Uptown a couple years ago. I really like like Asian fusion food, but something I didn't appreciate and I don't appreciate when restaurants do this is try to rush you out of there. Like we, you know, it's not cheap to eat dinner there. And for me, when a dinner is happening like that, like I had asked for this dinner for as my birthday present because truly I there is nothing more I love than I will say this to the day I die than sitting around a table eating good food with good people and drinking like I just find it incredible like why do I have to be standing drinking I can be sitting enjoying yummy food exactly right um and so we had ordered like I had ordered for the table like because it's a sharing you share food restaurant I had ordered like three different courses so I was like oh this is gonna give us a good two and a half hours at this table we'll get to try a bunch of different things um it was like bam bam boom like it, it literally had only been like an hour and 15 minutes and the dinner was done and I was telling Audrey I was like I'm kind of upset and she's like we're just gonna stall and every time the waiter <laughs> came over Audrey was like we're still picking we're still picking I felt mean because I've been a hostess and I've been on the other side of being like we need to get these fucking people out I literally kicked my parents out one time I was like so we need a table and you guys are taking a long time so get the fuck out because I can't tell this to other guests <laughs> um I know one time you were like oh we're still picking and they proceeded to just take yeah, all the food anyway I would say they asked us they were like are you still picking with that and I went yeah because I was you were and then they just started taking it away and I was like sir and i'm still a little bit of a pushover so thankfully someone else was like hey yeah no i think she's still eating i know tori was like um she's still eating that because uh, me forgetting that audrey's a vegetarian ordered zero vegetarian options for the dinner i was like oh right i didn't realize until you pointed it out i was like oh my gosh and then i was like you can't just have broccoli because we were drinking it was really good broccoli okay well that's good i ate almost all that broccoli that's good i i had like the lo mein i love lo mein I'm I mean, basic. It's good. It's good. It's, it's Some a, things are basic for a reason. Exactly. And we had like fish. It was really good. And then we had espresso. Of course we had espresso martinis. Of course. Which was nice. I got to say though something I think that does substitute sometimes for like the quality of service is like the environment of the place. The restaurant was very cool. Yes. Great vibes. We were those annoying people that were taking pictures with flash, but do we regret it? No. no. We got some great pictures. We looked hot. We did. And then 
after we honestly bought so much time at that table because I don't think we left that table until after 10. No, <laughs> you had to order appetizers and entrees at the same time, which I just already don't like. I know she because that's how I was going to buy the time yeah. was like, oh, do you mind if we just like order appetizers first and whatever? And she was like, oh, you just have to put it all in at once. And I was like, which I'm just like most restaurants don't do. So I'm like, uh, there's definitely a way you could just not do that. Well, I did. Then I just <laughs> yeah. had to decide so quickly. And like, yes. I was just like, oh, but yeah, they were like a little rushy, which like I understand. And I've been on the other side of service industry. So like I have no personal resentment towards like the wait. No, like, it was us. nothing but to her. So I'm just like annoyed. At, like you're a nice restaurant. If I'm paying this much, then I want to be able to have like a lovely, like chill meal. Like, right. That's more what I'm like. I am like when you're paying for an experience for food, I'm like, we should be able to sit here for at least like two hours. It's like, honestly, once we got up from the table and then we went to the bar and then like, oh my gosh. Uh, I am just, uh, I'm just not a going out person anymore. Like I really try and force myself to do it, but uh, I'm trying, I can't, uh, I, that's my, I don't think I ever quite was a going out person, but I'm really trying to like engage with it somewhat just cause like, I don't want to like get older and then regret that I didn't. Right. But <laughs> I did kind of give up. I like part of it was there was like, Oh my God, it was so ridiculous. So yeah. a Tao has a club attached to it. And you would think after you're paying a lot of money to eat dinner there that they would just like let you into the club. Oh, heck no. They were like a minimum of a thousand dollars at the bar. We were like, no. Um, <laughs> no, no. But I was lucky that the restaurant was near my place. Right. You so were like, in a great spot. I had a lovely little walk home. I was a little tipsy. I came home. <laughs> I had a blast. That's and awesome. That's great. We got in the car to go to another bar and I guess there was something going on in the West Village that night, like some sort of a like thing with like a underground or explosion or whatever. My friend sent it to me on TikTok the next day and I, I didn't really, it didn't have too much of an explanation, but we got in an Uber to go to this bar in the West Village and it took what should have been a 10 minute drive took 45 minutes. You really have bad luck with Ubers. I know. I was like every turn this guy tried to make, there was police blocking. Um, and then we got there. There was a line. I think it's just like all the lines and the waiting. I just don't have I, time. For, I don't. I also can't hear. I cannot <laughs> hear. <laughs> and so when we go to a club, I have to accept I'm not going to understand a single word said that whole night. I know. Honestly, in Tao, they, the music was so loud. I literally could not hear anybody. Any, like Audrey was sitting right next to me and I would still be like, what are you saying? Yeah, my mom literally is like, you need to go to a doctor and get your hearing checked because your hearing is worse than it should be at your age. But hey, thriving. we're doing our best. And that's all that matters. We're certainly doing something. But then, yeah, the next day, like my friends and I who live in Westchester, which is a little bit outside of the city, um, we didn't get home until 2.30 ish, I think. I think somewhere around there. I was home at like midnight, which I took a poll on our yeah. Instagram of who was proud of me. I think it was a 50-50 split of some people were proud of me to making it to midnight. Other people were deeply disappointed in me. I know. You know what? <laughs> it's hard. And at the end of the day, I'm always like a firm believer in you need to do what's best for yourself. So like when I, we showed up to this bar on the in the West Village and there was like a line. We had just been in an Uber for 45 minutes and then also had waited for the Uber outside of Tao. I was just like, I love you all. I've had a great time tonight and I'm ready to go home like it's it's my calling time yeah and I think you have to listen to that because trying to force something that isn't like happening like it's just never fun no but I always think that I can trick myself into having fun I get it I get it I know the next day I ended up waking up with like you do you ever get into those moods that it's just like let me shit on myself for oh amount of hours yeah yeah like, it's just no matter what you come up with, somehow every thought gets turned into like, oh, I'm the worst fucking person in the world. Yeah, like I, I mean, sure, obviously there's anxiety. And so I probably had a little bit of that too. But literally the whole next day, I was just so like out of it. And I was so like in this mindset of like, I'm not good enough because like I don't have like this really prestigious job or like I haven't made it like I think a lot of my anxiety like stems around like success and having success and 
showing that I have success. And so literally I just spent like the next day just being so like down. I ended up watching Pam and Tommy. It's this new, yeah, yes. uh, new like drama series. Hulu. Yeah, about yeah. Pamela Anderson. Which was actually pretty good. It, it's good. It was a good distracting show because it got me off my phone. I've heard good things about it. I just feel torn because like it wasn't done with her blessing. Right. And I like feel bad that we're like, I've heard really good things about in the acting, but yeah, I just like, I feel like it's like, oh, do we really need to like re-traumatize her and like drag like probably the worst time of her life through everyone through the mud and like remind everyone and get everyone talking about it again. Yeah. Like I feel weirdly guilty. Did you see, I actually, cause uh, once I was watching and listening to the story, I was looking up all the different people, you know, looking up the actual news on it. She is actually coming out with something with Netflix, which I'm yes. very excited to see her point of view on it. Um, yes, I knew that going into it, a part of me was like, I need something to watch, which is a terrible excuse. And to anybody who does watch it, I mean, it's extremely sad. Like, I, you just feel so bad for this poor woman who, like, is surrounded in a world of men who truly do not understand what it will ever feel like as a woman, a woman to have your body put out there in that way. And obviously, it was stolen property, and so it was just, like, awful. But as far as me being a little bit mentally needing something to distract myself, it was good for that. What else did I do to try and cope? I took a warm shower with salt, a salt rock lamp light. Ooh. Yes. Oh, okay. If you haven't done this, if you take a shower at night or you just like need to rinse off the day, they're on Amazon. They have little like a salt rock uh, lamp. What's it called? Night lights. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. And they come in a pack of two and they're not very expensive. I think maybe the most 15, 20 bucks. And you just plug it in to your outlet in the bathroom and it gives you this nice like you know spa like experience I had this like lavender spray I sprayed it on the walls of my shower I was like wow my therapist would be so proud of me right now trying to cope with my feelings so yeah and then what else oh and then I still kind of woke up on Monday still feeling a little you know and like whatever and so I went back to my scheduling y'all we're doing it I mean it may not be perfect but we're still doing it made me feel a little bit better a little bit more organized so that is on growth but it's still like it's okay to feel down i'd say i've definitely become aware of like how much like as much as drinking is fun i really do try and pick and choose when i do it just because like i mean it's a depressant yeah alcohol like, is a depressant. all all of the medications i'm on say that you're not supposed to drink alcohol and take those medications and it is literally a depressant and something i struggle with is depression um <laughs> depression <laughs> yes so i'm trying to be like more conscious about it because it's just like I think something I've realized is I'm not really willing to pay that price anymore. Like I just remember like all freshman year on Sunday, just like feeling so unbelievably shitty and depressed every single Sunday and then like trying to shake that off Monday and then like starting to bounce back Tuesday and then feeling kind of good like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then repeating the whole cycle. That is lit. I went through the same exact cycle. And I just like... I'm <laughs> I'm too tired to keep doing that. I know. And I think it's hard because especially being in our early 20s, people are like, go live your life, go drink, go do all that. But at the end of the day, like we still have responsibilities. And so I know for me, I'm trying my best to find the balance. I mean, that's hard. And I think the last couple of weeks I have done a little bit more drinking than I have in like a while like I went to brunch one weekend the dinner or like, particularly as summer comes like summer's just a big time for drinking and like uh, it's fun to like to get together you like yeah you sit on the roof in like rosé shade and yes the rosé and it's just like oh a lovely time yeah but also just like hey fiscally like I remember how much money I just spent getting drinks with people that's all we do at this age you just get drinks with people yeah I know it's tough. Drinking is tough. It's such a tough topic. That's something that let us know if that's something you would like us to get into more, because I feel like it's not talked about a lot or it's talked about with drinking. I think there's a lot of expectations around it, like in college, like go hard in your early 20s, go hard. But what happens when you can't do that all the time or you can't live up to that? And, you know, I think it'd be interesting to talk about. So let us know. Or if it just doesn't work for you. Yeah, it's okay. Everybody is different. (laughs) Okay. So for my clueless moment this week, I have something a little bit different that I wanted to do because this morning I was on a walk with my friend Katrina. Hey, Kat, if you're listening. Um, And she was just getting into some of the more logistics of her job. And I was like, whoa, I know like nothing about 
this job and like working a nine to five. And so I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, Audrey works in retail. I've never worked in retail. I'm so curious because there are some like, you know, there are some like stereotypes about working in retail. Okay. So I have a couple questions for you. Mm. Everyone says working in retail is hard and annoying (laughs) on a scale of one to 10. How true is that? Okay. So like, I'd say all the jobs I have have been like in some level of customer interaction. Like I was a hostess and now I work in retail. I'd say like the type of guests we get were somewhat similar between the two. Like Lululemon is a very specific type of brand. I'd say like, cause I work at the Soho one, like there's a lot more tourists and whatnot. Yeah, busy. But before that I worked at a yacht club, which I feel like everyone just imagine who you think is coming into a yacht club. And that is probably exactly right. Okay. Um, and I, <laughs> it's probably exactly what you imagine. Um, and a lot of them, like, because it's so membership based, they really do feel that they have a right to treat you pretty terribly. Ugh. Mine was also like in the town I grew up in. So then I also had to deal with the additional layer of like older men making comments about like my body, but also referencing that they knew me when I was like three. So Absolutely was- not. So I'd say there are ways that are like easier and harder. Like I'd say just like by virtue of like most of the people that I help at Lululemon, I don't know, which is nicer, but I'd say of all, like from all of the people I've spoken to, like of all the retail, you can do Lululemon's like kind of the best. Mm. I'd say they're like, it's really shocking to you. Like how much you can just feel that someone does not see you as an equal being. They just clearly, they like, they are like, no, you are lesser to me. Like I, I had one like 14 year old girl like wave me over across the room like a waiter. Oh my gosh. And I was like also in the midst of doing something. And I was like, girly pop. Like I went over and I was perfectly nice to her because that's my job. But in my heart, I was like, you're rude. <laughs> um, So it's a lot of smiling and being nice and as you can see like this is the voice that I use when I greet people at the store hi there how are you doing today oh my god welcome in it's an entirely different voice that um my coworkers are always confused by because of how much I can just snap in and out of it yeah um wow yeah and that's on being an actor actor that is beats drama that's a story i always say like welcome in y'all and so we've decided that my uh lululemon persona is kind of like a um like southern bell type okay so that's my lululemon persona wow Um, she's a whole different girl (laughs) so interesting (laughs) it feels really weird to speak to you in that voice that is so funny because i like when i nanny i'm like Hey, what's up? Hello. (laughs) But I'd say like, I'm really lucky that I have a great team. And like, overall, it's a really great place to work. I'd say like, retail is as frustrating as everyone describes. Like, has anyone made you cry? I didn't cry in front of them. (laughs) Uh, But just in general. Well, I did. Like, basically, this woman was around the holidays was just being so genuinely mean to me. And she kept being like, I understand it's not your fault. But then also was like, you're a bad person for not giving me this discount. And I'd say, if you have enough money to buy eight pairs of expensive stringy pants, you have enough money to buy nine pairs. Other, like employees started to step in and help and this woman still kept refinding me to be mean to me so eventually my like manager was like just go like to the break room and hang out there for like 10 minutes until this woman leaves and like do whatever you need because she could see that I was like on the verge of tears from this woman um and so I went into a like a bathroom like hallway (laughs) I just cried (laughs) um yeah no she was she was not a happy camper she really was like you guys are bad people because you won't give me a discount and I was like particularly they were like it's around the holidays like you should really give me a discount and I'm like the manipulation di- yeah I was just like you're buying like 10 pairs of leggings I don't think that discount is what's making or breaking it for you if you're shopping here to begin with but right. retail can be deeply deeply frustrating and people can be I am just continually surprised at how uh, genuinely cruel people can be. But you can also make some really fun connections, which is great. And like, I have great other employees that I work with. And like, overall, I do really enjoy it there. But yeah, no, I have had customers make me cry fully. Love that. My next question is, do people really communicate over those little headset thingies? Okay, so it's really only the like floor managers that ever wear the headsets and those aren't busy days. But we do fully have walkie talkies that we use. And yeah, we use those very regularly. That's so fun. The store is three floors. 
So yeah. like we do use walkie talkies and I love it. It's like my full spy kids fantasy. Right. That's how I feel when I see people like in retail, they're like, is there yes. shoes on this floor? Is there this? I'm like, but it does sometimes lead to that. Like you'll have a moment where like you're get really stressed. You're doing a lot of things. It's really busy. And then it's like, I'm literally selling stretchy pants. Like <laughs> it's like, I like you can get really caught up in it sometimes when this person's like, I need this. And it's like, no, you want it. Like you don't, if I do not find the, if we do not have the perfect like gray t-shirt for you the world is not going to end but it can get very like feel high stakes so something we all remind ourselves is like hey we're selling stretchy pants like not doing surgery or anything like if someone doesn't get their stretchy pants like yeah they're gonna be bummed but like their day and the life world will, will go around go fine yeah oh that's you know what i gotta say that to myself if it's like it's like what um kevin hoffman used to say about you'll always get dinner at night Oh, see, I was thinking of it's just the school play. Oh, it's or it's just a school play. It's just stretchy pants. It's just stretchy pants. <laughs> Let's watch Lululemon fire me over this. <laughs> we love you, Lulu. Don't, don't. Yeah, please don't fire me. Don't. We love Lululemon. Um, okay, last question. What is one thing people really don't know about like retail? Because I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes or a lot of like common things. Like everyone hates retail and stuff. But is there something like people really don't know about it as a job? Not that I can think of. What I would say is... We will tell someone like, hey, we don't have it. And they'll be like, are you sure? <laughs> no, we, yeah, no, we have some secret product that in the back that we are actually just hogging for ourselves. But since you asked so nicely, I'm going to give it to you. No, if I'm telling you we don't have it, it's because we, do- there's no magical place that I'm going to go. I'm not going to go downstairs and make the shirt for you. If we don't so have it. Funny. Like there's, when you have me, like oftentimes with very popular products, like there'll be some that like we know that we don't have or like it'll be like a known thing around the store that like we don't have this right now. And you'll tell someone like, no, unfortunately, we don't have X, Y, and Z in stock. And some people will just like give you this glare and it's like, I'll, I'll go double check and you double check. It's still not there. <laughs> um, So I'd say we're not we're not trying to fuck you over. I want you to get your clothes. <laughs> But we all I, want you to be dressed. Yeah, <laughs> but I can't I can't make clothes for you if something doesn't exist. Well, there you have it, people. That's the tea on retail. Yeah, I don't feel like I gave great answers, but I no, I was curious. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> no, you do, you do not need to get fired. Yeah, we're not making money from this, so I really do need to keep my job. Yeah. Lululemon, sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. If you want to pay us Lululemon, I'll take everything back. Just kidding. All right. Well, there you have it. And that's the tea on retail. So now we are going to be getting into the interview that we have for this podcast today. We are so excited because Emma McGoldrick is coming on our podcast today. Emma is the creator and founder of ESM Creative Studio. Her creative studio cultivates and designs brands for creators and businesses that are intentional and focused. Emma is also the creative director of a little podcast that you guys may know called Gals on the Go. If you don't, go check it out. They are a huge, very successful podcast that Emma is the creative director for. She also recently co-founded the Golden Hour Guild, which offers nationwide retreats for female creative entrepreneurs. When she is not working, you can probably find her sipping on a marg at a farmer's market or reading in any NYC park. We are super excited to be chatting with her today. So without further ado, here is Emma McGoldrick. So thank you for coming on, Emma. Well, thank you both so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you guys today. We're super excited to chat with you. I actually found Emma from the Gals on the Go because I listened to their podcast, watched their YouTubes, and post-college, I was coming to New York and needed some help with branding for being an actor, singer, performer in New York. And Emma made a beautiful um, logo and branding for me. And so that's how we got to know each other. Yeah, it's so fun. I love your, um, I'm working on redoing my website right now. And your, I did a case study on your branding. So you'll be front and center on my new website. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, it was so, I love, I mean, again, I'm not good with technology. So anybody that is and like being able to create that with you was super fun. Yeah, it was really fun to work together and translate it onto, it's fun to work with people that are like um, personal branding, like branding themselves like that. Yeah. Okay. So I guess what we really want to get into with you today is we've just graduated from college. Well, not just, it's becoming a year, which (laughs) is a little scary. 
Um, and uh, you graduated around 2019, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. And where did you go to school again? I went to the University of South Carolina. Awesome. And when you were there, you have told me, you've told people that you started off like going into bioengineering, correct? Yeah. uh, I was a biomedical engineering major and I was uh, pre-med track. So I wanted to go to med school. As you can tell, I did not do that. (laughs) Uh, I went that track because I had like a desire to help people. And where I grew up, I didn't really see other, there wasn't really other tracks other than, I don't know, in my mind, it was like, ah, doctor, you can make money and help people. So that's kind of why I chose that direction. Did you grow up in the South too? Yeah. So I moved around quite a bit. I was actually born in like Oregon and then I lived in California and Boston And then I went to high school and middle school in South Carolina. We also lived in Fairfield, Connecticut. Oh, okay. New England area. Nice. So when you were going to school in South Carolina, you ended up changing your major to marketing. Um, Can you just like go over like that time in your life? Like how did that process start for you? And what was it like going through like, I want to change what I thought I knew I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I was incredibly unhappy in my, in what I was studying. I changed initially from biomedical engineering to biochemistry because I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the classes and I really enjoyed what I was learning. It was more that I started talking to people that were seniors or juniors and had had internships or applying to jobs. And it was, biomedical engineering was like a hot, major at that point it was new and up and coming so people were excited about it so a lot of people that were into in the stem world that's like kind of the major they chose so at that point there was like more people graduating with a major than there were jobs so it was like very hard to get a job if you didn't go to grad school I was starting to kind of think really because in high school when you're 18 and you're applying like to colleges med school sounds like oh creamy and like but then when you get to college and you actually start like you have like the list of requirements that's like needed for it and the testing and the, like the timeline and the money and just like the process. I was kind of starting to realize that like, it wasn't as like not glamorous, but just as like almost like romanticized as it was when I was like thinking about it. And like, cause I I'd wanted to go to med school since I was like, it, it wasn't my part of my identity. Like through high school it was like, Oh, I want to like, I love science. I take a lot of math classes. I want to go to med school. Like and it's hard because it's hard to, not only just like tell yourself that that's not what you want to do anymore, but it's hard to like let go of that piece of yourself. That being like something that you have kind of put outward as part of your kind of, I guess, identity for that amount of time. Um, Yeah. I just was like incredibly unhappy. And I really had like a, it took me like, it wasn't like it was like one day I just woke up and I'm like, I'm changing my major. Like it took a lot of, I was going through a lot of personal stuff with my family and my dad was sick at the time. And my, parents were going through a divorce. So I also was going to kind of like my school counselor to talk about like, not only like personal stuff, um, but just also school stress. So I remember like I went to talk to him for the first time and it was a man. And I now have found out that I work better if I have a female therapist, but um, most women do. Yeah. <laughs> but um, he's like, tell me about your stressors. We're going to go through and talk about which ones are long-term, which ones are short-term and all this stuff. And I was like, I sat there and I started bawling my eyes. I was like, well, this is happening to my family and this is happening to my parents and my grandpa's sick and this is what's happening. And I don't like my degree. And, and he just sat there going, well, that's quite a bit of things. And I was like, yep. <laughs> that's so always helpful. reassuring to hear from a therapist. Like, hmm, that's a lot. Yeah. I didn't fucking know <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was expecting to like learn some like stress tactics or that's kind of like what I went in there for was like, just how to like help me manage my like just like all these things that were kind of going on in my life. Yeah. And kind of was like, all right, well, that's it for our talk. Like, I was like, you're not going to give me any help or advice. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was so poor. It was bad. But um, he, I think what he recommended I do was go like a, I think there was like a, a divorced parents like, group. And I was like, that is the least of my problems right now. <laughs> like, that's not what I need. But yeah, so that was kind of like what kicked it off was that I like acknowledged it and like realized that something that was kind of like the first step, like something I could change because there was a lot of like, I guess, triggers causing my like stress breakdown moment of my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
at that point, then I went to a school, like a, I forget what they call it my, at my old school, but it was like an office for people that wanted to like explore majors or like change. Like, I think it was like a major change in advisement. I just don't know that. But, um, and I took like a test on like, it was like an aptitude test of like what your interests are and like what field you should go into. And I took that test and I talked to a counselor and she was like, she recommended marketing because at that point I had started doing design stuff for like my sorority and just kind of started like, I got like Adobe with my school, like you got it for free or whatever with email or whatever. Yeah. So I kind of started just like playing around it for fun. Like, I don't know, your nerd things, <laughs> play around in, in Photoshop and Illustrator and stuff. And then started doing stuff like for my sorority and for like clubs and stuff. So I really liked kind of that side of it, but I didn't, I don't know why, but I didn't really see, like see graphic design as like a, a full-fledged career. And also at my school, the graphic design major was actually called visual communications. And it was in like the journalism school. Mm-hmm. So it was more based on like design for journalism and like media and communication versus like marketing and like branding and that kind of thing. I think they had like branding classes, but you couldn't like, it was like one class out of like the whole curriculum. So because I was only like learning craft design as like a hobby at that point, I thought marketing might be a better move because it was in the business school. I thought I could like market myself for jobs better. So yeah, that's kind of like what made the switch. So I was technically a marketing major with like a a concentration in entrepreneurship. So I know you spoke about it a little bit on your episode um, on Gals on the Go of like you started working with small businesses. What was sort of like the path that led you to like actually realizing like, oh, this could be like something I do as a job? Yeah. So I can credit like, so my first client, I've said this on the podcast, my first client was my yoga teacher. I bartered, literally, literally bartered yoga classes for design, but it was the perfect experience for me because I was able to actually like dive in and learn and like ask questions and be like, Oh, can you do this? And I'd be like, heck yeah, I can do that. And I'd go home and watch like hours of YouTube on how to like export files. And that is literally me on Canva. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you have to, I mean, you have to just start somewhere. And yeah, yeah, she was the perfect client. And from that, I just kind of, it was always in my mind. I mean, this started sophomore year. This is like end of my sophomore year when I started working with her. And it honestly built from like that to a couple other small businesses because she was very like connected in, in my local college like community. And because she, because at that point it was just like this, I think I was charging like 10 X, 10, $15 an hour, something like that. I was doing it purely as learning and just something that I thought could be aided on my resume as the marketing, I could, you know, when I was applying for jobs, I'd be like, I'm a marketing major. Here's all my credentials. Here's my internships. Also, I have like graphic design experience because a lot of my professors in the marketing departments were saying like a lot of marketing jobs are turning into more like marketing, communication, graphic design, like you're having to wear a lot of hats. So I was thinking it could just be like an additional skill set. I never, like truly never thought that it could be like a career path. And also like, you know, like a lot of people on Instagram nowadays have like creative profiles and like there's a lot of like graphic stuff out there yeah or like in like the kind of rise of procreate ipad era <laughs> yeah that's how we do a lot of our photos is in procreate yeah. audrey does yeah it. no it's, it's so fun and such an awesome tool like i'm so i'm not i am not the kind of per- i mean i'm self-taught i'm not a school i didn't go to school for graphic design i i'm not like a i'm a fan of canva i'm a fan of you know whatever accessibility it gives you yeah. Well, especially like for me, when I, and as you know, Sarah, when I did your branding, like yeah. it's the easiest way for me to hand things over to a client that like they can actually feel capable and like not capable, like feel confident in creating content and like creating graphics for like their own branding because no, yeah, it puts everything in one place. It, it, you have your fonts, you have your colors, you have your logos that you can like play around and like, you know, make things look yeah I've made like two things from the all of the stuff that you've given me I made like a cover letter and then I also made like a media kit and I use like the logo I use the colors and I'm like it just Canva makes it so easy to just like do those things and I personally never want to like go into graphic design but for where our podcast is at now and not having like the money to pay for somebody to do it. It makes it so accessible and easy to make things that look presentable. Your, your graphics, just saying. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it looks like you hired someone. Yes, <laughs> that's the goal. It's mostly this girl's. If you have a whole, mar- a whole department that you can hand over like logos to, 
and you can like they have the skill set to like manipulate them in an adobe and things like that but if you're like a small business or a single person like it gives you the ability to like actually create with the content that i make for you yeah Yeah, but anyway back to um but yeah so i didn't realize that i could do that as a as a career path like i didn't think i always thought it was like an additional like an add-on and then when i was graduating from school um i applied to jobs in new york and in in la and kind of a couple other random places but i didn't really know i didn't i knew it I didn't want to stay in the South. And I, my, I've been with my partner for nine years. Um, and he is a year older than me. So he had been, he had moved to New York. Um, and I was like, I could go there, but I also could like go live somewhere for like another year before, like, I know I wanted to end up with him, but like, I could go live in like another city for like a little bit and like see how I liked it just to like try out a new place. But so I applied kind of all over and I was getting back offers with mark, like initial marketing jobs that were just like the, the initial salaries were just like so, so low in the sense of like, like I got a job out in LA and offer and I did like the, the math and like where I'd, ha- I'd have to live with like literally like five roommates to make like my salary work. And like, Oh my gosh. It's like very, like very scrappy. And I was like, okay, like, you know, I kind of built up this little bit of a brand, especially because I had started working for Al's Lago in college. So I, yeah. it was kind of the push of that salary of like realizing that like, Oh, like these starting salaries are something I think I could make if I really dove in and like actually put, cause at this point I was just doing it on the side during school. So it was only like, probably like 15 hours or something like 10, 15 hours a week. So if I was actually doing this like 40 plus hours a week and like giving it my all and like actually like reach out to people and networking and like pushing myself out, like putting myself out there. So that's kind of what gave me the push. I definitely had to be not persuaded, but I had to have some conversations with like my, my, my mom was really helpful. And my Andrew, my partner, Andrew was really helpful in like being supportive of, it was like a very scary thing to like, no one I knew was starting like doing their own thing out of college. Like, you know, there were people that had like side hustles, but no one was going, you know, jumping full into starting something. So it was very scary. And what was like the scariest part for you of like jumping into that? Like what was like very uncertain to you when you were like, starting this as a business I think that probably I mean it's the same thing probably for anybody same for for you guys probably too is honestly the fear of like being judged because I was having to like market myself yeah which I honestly didn't even do that great of a job at first like I had a separate Instagram account I didn't really talk much about it with anyone like people people I like would tell them what I was doing they'd be like what you do graphic design I didn't even know you like like and since I realized is that's your greatest power is telling people and telling anyone and everyone what you do Mm. because everyone like you can connect with so many people that way. Like you can get connected with, you know, my cousin's brother might, you know, whatever it is, like how owns a company or doesn't need this or needs a logo, needs some gifts, you know, whatever it is, like being your own, like your own greatest, like voice is probably the strongest, like marketing tool you have for any, you know, for creating a business, for creating a podcast, any kind of branding is like being on, on shame, shamelessly, like putting yourself out there, I think. And Honestly, like I think in college, you know, at this point I can say that, but in college it was very, and you guys are only, I mean, you're a year out, but you're also a year out post COVID, which I feel like is a whole nother, like it's that last year didn't count for you guys. Like, <laughs> you're, you're, it was a mess. You're so fresh out of college. But I think it's hard coming from like that kind of college or even high school community where you're, you're with the same people every day and you're, you know, hearing them talk about other people doing things and like, so it's hard when you're in that mindset to like feel confident going out there. And now at this point, like I'm, you know, I'm actually not even, I'm not even like, I need to get better about like talking on my story and putting myself more into the brand. Yeah. I think that that was definitely the hardest part though, was being you know, not, not afraid of what other people thought. And it yeah. still is the hardest part. It is that was just so freaking scary. And like, to be completely honest, like we're not as full in this, like we both still have jobs outside of this and everything. But even still, if I was doing this alone, I don't know how I would have done it. Like, just like, I think both of us found it just so scary to like tell people that we were doing this and that like we cared about this and that this was something like you've put in a lot of work and you're really trying and like the fear and the shame and the whatever of it. And I, I'm just genuinely so impressed at you doing that. Like, even if like you said you were slower in the beginning, like I feel like so is everyone. And like, I truly don't think I could have done it without a partner by my side just because like it's so fucking scary. Yeah. 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 And then once you finally get comfortable and you feel like, okay, I can do this and I can like market myself. And then you're like, 
but I shouldn't be allowed to be doing it. And the imposter syndrome, like, which I know imposter syndrome is such like a hot word right now, but like, like, I feel like it's like a very hot topic, but it really, I think that I've, to, I've spoken with 40 year old women who are, in, you know, VIP, <laughs> VP level, like executives or, you know, things like that. And they're still like, I, I feel like, I feel like it's ingrained. And unfortunately as women, we are, oh, you know, we, we have to just overcome that constantly of feeling like we're not, we're not supposed to be there. Or we're not, not welcome or not, you know, I'm too young or I'm, you know, or I'm not good enough or I'm not, I'm not senior enough or I'm not creative enough or I'm not unique enough or I'm, you know, it's, it's always, I'm not enough about, about whatever, whatever factor it is that you're comparing yourself to other people. I think that, that it always, you can always overcome that hurdle. And there's always another one of like, um, like I'm going to this conference tomorrow. Um, like a, it's like a creative conference. It's like illustrators and graphic designers. And it's like really neat speakers that are going to be there. And like, if I told you they were, you'd be like, I don't know who the hell it is. Like, <laughs> for me, I'm, I'm pumped. <laughs> but um, I'm sitting here putting together my little packets of my like business cards and Aww. stickers and stuff to give out to people. And they're all like pink and feminine. That's my, but that's my branding. And I'm like, it's going to be all these men that are going to be like, oh, cool. Like, what am I going to do with these pink stickers? Like, <laughs> I, I like have this like, yeah. So I think it never goes away that like feeling of, I think you just kind of have to keep fighting it. If that makes sense in the, in the good way, like you have to just kind of like be like, co- like cognizant it there and know that you have like, that you're consistently telling yourself that you're enough and you're, 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 you're meant to be where you are. You're allowed to be there too. Yeah. I've, earlier you were saying when you had switched your like major career path that, you know, your identity was that like science math person. And I know I resonate to that because we were musical theater majors and our identity, I mean, literally since the age of seven, for me, at least my identity has been like, she is the singer, the person that's going to be on Broadway. And so when you're, when you're like, Hey, I may not resonate with that anymore like right now I want to put that on pause and you're trying to like shift your identity to something else oh my gosh it is just like so challenging it's challenging to get people to see you in a new light but I love what you had to say about like speaking it out there I've recently been doing that because I heard that same statement from another podcast and it really is true even though it's like so uncomfortable sometimes it it does help build that like confidence in yourself I think the funniest is my mom explained what I do to people that ask. Yes. That's the best. Because like, or like, like in college when she'd be like, I don't know what to tell people when they say, oh, isn't Emma going into STEM? Because I got like a lot of STEM scholarships. And like, I was very, like, I worked in the hospital as a candy striper, like my whole high school career. So I had a, a mimosa like you guys. <laughs> I know. We always drink during the pod. Oh, well. I love it. No, you need it. You need a little, uh, little liquid. <laughs> I have a friend who they recommended. They were like, I take a shot before every interview that I have for like work because it gets me to just like chill that one ounce that you need to when you're going into something like yeah. that. <laughs> my parents are very funny people and I remember I was I'm a horrible test taker I always have been just like yeah I literally shake like I have horrible testing anxiety and and when I was in high school it wasn't as like um I don't know like feel like nowadays like they text anxiety is a little bit more like talked about which sounds crazy that it's only like it sounds like I graduated 25 years ago but I only got I mean it's amazing like the stuff that's changed like recently it's a good thing (laughs) but um anyway I had really bad anxiety and I remember my mom um one time I was going to take the SAT for like the fifth time or something like that and she was like she just wanted to take a shot before you go like (laughs) I I mean I was like 18 and like a goody two shit I was like mom what (laughs) (laughs) honestly probably would help me I should have done it that is so funny oh my gosh yeah I love that like I should do that with like uh if I ever have like big client meetings I uh (laughs) here with my cbd and i'm like smelling it i'm like (laughs) i know it's nerve-wracking like i don't know especially i mean for us like or at least me i think like starting something new like i don't know how to interview like sure we've been training in like theater for all our lives so i think there is a part of it that we that can probably come naturally but like i would say in spite of that i literally had one of my like performance teachers knew me well saw me do a lot of stuff told me halfway through college they said um I think you should take a public speaking class oh. <laughs> and I was like oh good it's not like that's essentially what I do is my entire major anyway so that really oh. 
brought me brought my ego right back down. Yeah, <laughs> oh uh, see, I for some reason I get more nervous like on a Zoom. I like in person. I feel like I connect better. Obviously, you work for Gals on the Go. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, they have uh, the Gals on the Go are Brooke and Danielle. They have YouTube's. They have an incredibly successful podcast. So when you were in college, you started with them in college, right? Yeah. And how, how did that come about for you? Yeah. So I, um, I was like very into podcasts in college. I really liked them. And I, I wasn't like, um, I've never been like a big music person, which is like, sounds weird. I like other people's playlists. Okay. So I'd always listen to podcasts. So I knew the space pretty well. I'd kind of followed like what people were doing and how they were growing them. And I followed them like Instagram and things like that. And I'd always also been like, into the aesthetics of social media and they because they listened to similar styles like lifestyle podcasts they were recommended to me and I hadn't watched their YouTube channel since high school so I was like oh I remember them I can't believe they started a podcast like that's so cool so I listened to the episode and in that episode they were looking for someone to recover and at this point I had done a couple of client work and I had kind of gotten more into like illustration so I was like oh I could I could do that like <laughs> I think I could do that and I, and I love podcasts and I was like that'd be kind of cool like I wrote them an email giving them like, not only I gave them like an idea of a cover art that kind of is like that, their original cover art is like that trendy, like outline people art. So I, um, I gave them kind of like an example, like it wasn't like a fully built out idea. It was more like a mood board of like, kind of like style I wanted to go for. And then I also gave them like a kind of an outline in the email of what other podcasts were doing because they were really some of the first influencers to start a podcast. Right. I kind of like wrote them an email and I was like, Hey, like you guys should have an Instagram for the podcast and you should do, you know, post this, this, and this on your Instagram and you should have a, a Facebook page because this is what XYZ podcast does. And you can also, you know, put your sell, sell you to your like advertisers that you also will post on your Instagram and like have a highlight reel for um, you know, all your available sponsors and, you know, different things like that, that other podcasts were doing. Um, so I think that because I like gave them this tangible like advice, that's how they chose me out of, I'm sure like hundreds of people that sent them emails. <laughs> yeah. So then they emailed me back and I was at USC and they were at UGA. So we were like kind of close. So we were like, Oh, like Southern, Southern rivals. And yeah, that's like how we, uh, we got connected kind of. And then from there I did their cover and then I started doing like some graphics for them and it kind of just grew into what it is now where I do kind of any and every piece of content that they need uh like visual content that's so cool that's so cool yeah what is like the uh like best part of working with them and like the hardest not like even worse just like the hardest part of like keeping up with a job like that yeah the best part is that because they're like a bigger podcast we have to do like a lot of different stuff I got to help them with like kind of branding of the live show recently and like merch and like so it's like it's not just like one it's like not just one property I get to do like a lot of work under one umbrella I also get to do like a lot of creative direction for them for like photo shoots and things like that so each of their merch shoots I help them like plan them out not each most of them I've helped them plan them out so it's been fun to like do actually like have this overall vision of a brand and actually be able to like execute not only their you know graph design but also the the all of the visuals that are in part of the brand so that's something that was fun. I think the hardest part, like, I have to say, they're, they're pretty, I, I'm not just saying that, but it's it's not really, I have hard, I have difficult clients and they are, they're not, not at all difficult clients. They're pretty, go the flow. We've also created, like, all of us are busy. All of us are truly gals on the go. So, <laughs> we, you know, we were pretty flexible. Like, all of, like uh, I traveled last week and they, like, totally understood that I, like, you know, flexible with like different some deliverables and things like that. But I got them to them early this week. You know, but the, and then like they've been traveling, so like the podcast is like, like I have to do the graphics for the podcast tomorrow, but it probably will do them later today because they're recording it like later today. So it totally, um, it's very flexible, which I really appreciate. I don't do a ton of like reoccurring uh, work like that for clients. I have like a couple of clients that are like that, but they're more like structured. Where it's like every Wednesday, this is due every Thursday. This is due. so I like that, but. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's also been interesting because I have gained a lot of followers on my Instagram from working with them that aren't clients, but are like interested in what I do or doing something similar. Yeah. So it's been fun. That's been, it's been, hard, I guess, hardest part in the sense of that is like figuring out how to best serve those people while also I'm only one person. So I can't, I can't, um, you know, have, you know, dozens of calls uh, a month to like help, you know, I want to 
I want to be able to help people as much as I can. So like figuring out what, um, you know, best serves people that are interested like that and, and want, want to just learn and also serve, serving myself in the sense of my sanity in my time. Obviously you chose to work with them because you love podcasts and stuff like that. But I guess what about maybe their brand like also resonates with you as a person and why you continue to like work with them and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the, just like the, the, I, I don't know how to like the, the girl boss without the girl boss, if that makes sense. Yes. Like, <laughs> so like, I think that they both work incredibly hard at what they do and you know that the hustle culture without, I feel like they're both very balanced in the sense of like, yes, like it's good to like have goals, but it's also good to like live life and celebrate yourself. And like, you know, the, the perfect balance of, of going out and having fun, but also taking care of yourself and your body and your mind and, you know, achieving your goals and how to do that. Like, well, also like, I think the good sense of humor is important. So <laughs> I think it's, <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's just the balance of kind of the, what they talk about the podcast and also themselves it really resonates with me um being like a also a working you know self-employed person i think that it's very hard to find balance and shut off at certain times so um yeah i like i like learning about that from them i couldn't agree more i feel like that's been the hardest part of starting all this is learning when to like shut off and to take care of yourself yeah because you can keep well i mean i have nights where and i'm a i'm very much a later work late person yeah I like would do really I get I get that I get a burst of energy at like four or five o'clock where I'm like I don't want to turn off like I want to keep going and it's hard when you have just a running to-do list of like yes it doesn't necessarily need to be done right now but it needs to be done the next like couple of days and I'm like why not just do as you probably know Sarah I probably emailed you a couple of times <laughs> late at night <laughs> that's okay I literally email at the weirdest <laughs> times too I'm terrible with my email I have to say I hate that's one thing I do not love about myself but that is a okay. <laughs> I've started scheduling them because sometimes Gmail, I appreciate that they have scheduling because I'll go to send an email at like 1 a.m. and I'm like, yep. mm, probably shouldn't <laughs> do this right now. Let's yeah. make it seem like I'm well, a normal person. I, I do the same thing. I love the schedule feature. Yeah, well, the schedule feature saves lives. Also, I just wanted to touch on, I know that, I mean, obviously you're self-employed because you have your own creative studio. You know, a lot of creatives like work for themselves but in the years that you've worked for yourself is there like any advice you would give to people that want to work for themselves like on maybe like time management or scheduling or just like things that you have learned for yourself yeah well kind of touching on what you said about the doing the corporate nine to five Mm -hmm. I think that obviously being mistreated in your in your job and if you're like job is making if you're not having to work nine to five if you're working like crazy hours being underpaid like get out of there yeah but I think that being self-employed, I think sometimes the grass is always greener on the other side. And I think that being self-employed is, I, you know, I love it. And I kind of figured out like a system works for me, but it is not like all, you know, I go to a coffee shop and I work, you know, I have, you know, it's might be that one day a week where I let my, because I worked crazy hours every other day of the week. Um, I can like go work from a coffee shop on a Friday, but I think that you can like think like, oh, I get to do what I love to do, but you also have to do taxes and then you have to do your accounting and you have to do your like contracts and you have to do, you have to wrinkle um, clients that like for payment, you have to stay on top of all your, you know, your clients work. And you're also dealing with people, you know, you're still dealing with people. Mm-hmm. So even though you're still working for yourself, you're still technically working for other people because you're providing services for other people. So you're having to deal with different personalities still and deal with other people's timelines as much as you organize and as much as, a system you can have it's still people have to fit into that system so I think it can be I don't know unless you're like it's very different like for me I'm providing a service so if you're providing like a product like it's a little bit different than services because you're not like so much having contact with the people that are buying your products or specifically for service basis I think it can be glamorized a lot more than I'm not saying it's I'm very lucky and I'm very oh, grateful yeah. for being work for myself but it's it definitely you know it's it's not as not as fun always as it looks, but um, with that being said, um, I think that honestly, the best piece of advice I have is in the beginning, it's so worth it to hire out for figuring out your systems in the sense of hiring an accountant, not, you don't need to hire someone to your bookkeeping, but hiring an accountant and having like a paying for like an hour of their time and talking to them about like your bookkeeping and how you're going to like track your expenses, but you're not getting to the end of the year and being like, oh shit, like I need to 
go through a whole year of expenses and like categorize them and separate them and like doing all the things for that, like creating a separate business account that's separate and like figuring out your finances from the beginning. Even if you're like, oh, I'm just going to try this out. Like there's no harm in having it being separate because you can write off things. And I think also to like, I think I've seen on TikTok from people like, oh, I can write this off. And it's like writing off is not like you don't get it for free. Like I think a lot of people are like, oh, like, but it, like it just takes it out of like a very small portion out of, you know, take taxes on it basically. So it's not like it's just like magical free thing but it also <laughs> me I'm like that's right off <laughs> I know if we ever start making money from this uh there's gonna be a lot of figuring out how any of that works because mm, yeah like nope. for you guys for people that are making content and things like, you can write off like your hair you can write off your nails you can write off your clothes you can write off makeup you can write off like a lot of things that you're, because it's like you're using it for your content and yeah that. like your all of your equipment that you purchased for your podcast like yeah no it's I mean, to an extent, like, yeah, you have no. to, like, have, like, you know, record, but right. it's, I think that, yeah, I think that, so anyway, but back to that is just getting, paying someone to help you with that, but also paying, and this might not be in the beginning, but kind of a, around the beginning times is paying a lawyer to help you with contracts, um, to make sure that you're just kind of covering yourself and that, you know, your, um, your, your, your ducks are all in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I guess, basically, I guess my piece of advice is knowing when to be scrappy with it because, like, I was super scrappy in the beginning. I didn't have a website. I would send people Google Drive of my work. You can be scrappy in certain senses, but also knowing where to, uh, you know, setting up an LLC and, you know, just getting advice on, like, how to do those things and paying, you know, if you have to pay an accountant a couple hundred dollars for, you know, an, an hour of their, you know, a lot of accountants have, like, like, a, like a discovery call you can pay for and things like that there it's I think it's worth every penny I agree I've always been that way I'm like if I don't know something I know there's probably somebody out there that does that like having that one set even if it's one session like you can take so much of that information and like use it to your advantage yeah yeah and you can also if you're really really starting I mean there's so much content so podcast out there so much content out there that you can like you can you can spend the time and figure it out for yourself but I think that, so whatever your avenue is, just making sure that you have your legal, financial, the bad stuff you have to deal with out of the way first. <laughs> yeah. I don't think any of us need the IRS after us. <laughs> no, no. It's like my biggest fear is like, getting that letter in the mail. All right. So one last question that we're going to start asking all of our guests on this pod. When is time recently that you were clueless, whether it's something super silly or deep, whatever you want it to be? No, I think that, and this might, this is like a little bit, Serious. Yeah, but I have a couple of friends that are are um are pregnant right now and having babies, oh which is so exciting. I cannot wait to be the fun, cool aunt. But for me, it's like brought on like the fear of I own my own business, and if I'm still working myself at that point, and in ten years I'll have built it up, hopefully more. That like, how do you self? So I've been like binging podcasts on self-employment maternity leave. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck do you do? Like, I don't know. It's like terror. I'm like terror. It's like I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, because they're talking about like leaving their jobs and already having to prepare like documents for like their processes and stuff for their temp or whatever. You know, whoever's taking over their position. When you're self-employed, it's like something you kind of have to start thinking about. Like, when you have a newborn, you cannot like jump on calls and email and like your baby is controlling your. It's like having a puppy where like <laughs> they have to go to the bathroom. They have to go to the bathroom. Like, you know, you kind of can't like plan your life around. You know. So yeah, anyway, that's like random and a little bit weird, but it's something that I've been like, it was, it was a new fear, you know, it's like new fear unlocked. That was like, <laughs> my, my new fear unlocked is self-employed. My mom, she, she wasn't yeah. self-employed, but worked at a company and I'll never forget her telling me being like, yeah, I was on like a big like Skype conference call. And then all of a sudden someone was like, where's those baby cries coming from? And she realized she wasn't on mute and it was me in her lap screaming. Um, <laughs> and she just muted herself, never confessed. That's so funny. <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah. We really appreciate it. Yeah, and course. I mean, I've learned so much from talking to you this last hour. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Awesome. Okay, so thanks for coming and joining us, everyone, today. I yes. hope you all had a blast. I hope you all enjoyed that interview. It was so great to talk with Emma. I feel like it was nice as a fellow creative, but also as a person that is starting something by themselves and has no idea what to do. I really 
don't know how taxes work. I know. She mentioned the accountant and, and a lawyer, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. What do we do? What do we do? <laughs> yep. No, but she's super knowledgeable. And, oh, we totally forgot to have Emma share her socials and where you can find her at. But I do have her Instagram pulled up for her creative studio, which is ESM Creative. So you can find her there. You can also find her work at Gals on the Go, which is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, and TikTok, and all the things, I bet. But go check Emma out. She, I have worked with her on my personal branding. She is truly a pleasure and is very, very talented. That is the podcast for this week. Go follow us at Completely Fucking Clueless on Instagram. And Completely F-C-K-I-N-G Clueless on TikTok. I really like that song you did there with that little ing okay y'all we will be back next week with a brand new episode we're very excited because we are having another guest on the pod next week look at us so popular i know we're really doing the thing out here (laughs) (laughs) three whole friends three whole guests and friends look at us we're growing all right y'all we'll stop rambling have a great week be the best you can be and don't forget to be fucking clueless. Bye. Bye. <laughs>